Uh, Derek Wetmore is in here for the next couple segments from the Touch 'Em All podcast. Simple yes or no. There's a rumor out there from a Pirates blog sourcing this that Garrett Cole is being shopped around two years of Garrett Cole, one of the National League's better pitchers. A couple years ago, he was fantastic, kind of an offseason last year. And the package for the Twins would include Nick Gordon, Tyler J., and Zach Granite. Do you pull the trigger if you're Derek Falvey Thadlevin? No. I think if you do that wow. trade, you know, you're less fun right, than enough, I am. That's enough, Derek that Wetmore. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Thanks for having me on, guys. <laughs> conservative Derek Wetmore will now be talk leaving the studio. Week. This has nothing to do with conservatism. Wrong. <laughs> you're wrong. I think that if you do that trade and you're the Twins, I think you think Garrett Cole is better than I think Garrett Cole is. I think Garrett Cole is a top 40 pitcher in baseball. A good pitcher. Do the Twins have a top 40 pitcher in baseball right now? Irvin Santana last year, maybe, yeah. Irvin Santana definitely last year. Is he this year? That's a fair question. Does Jose Barrios take a step forward and become that guy? He's in that conversation. Sure. But for me, when we're talking about going to add a rotation arm, and last night a report from the Tampa Bay Times comes out that the Twins are interested in Chris Archer. To me, Chris Archer is a lot more exciting than Garrett Cole. Obviously, it would take more to get him. So that's maybe where this conversation starts. But Garrett Cole has two years before he hits free agency, right. and he's not the pitcher that Chris Archer let, is. I think that would be a disappointment to come down to that level of pitching. Let me reframe the question. Okay, then. if and you can, I shoot you down if too. You, as if flatly you, as I shot Phil. By well, the way, I, I told Phil this. Before. I disagree with Derek on this. So we've talked well, about this early in the show. Yeah. If if I'm the Twins, Archer is my number one target. So I guess the question is, would you pursue Cole? under the parameters of the deal that Phil brought up, if you're told on Archer, it's not going to work. So so I think we, we all agree Archer's the guy. Yeah. But if, if you can you, get Archer for Nick Gordon, you do yeah. it yesterday. But then if but then if that if that becomes uh if Tampa says no way, do you then pers- uh, pursue Cole with the package that we discussed based on that? I think I'd look elsewhere. I still okay. think I'd go try to find somebody who's either better than Cole or has more years of team experience. That's that's a or uh Team control, I should say. That's a big part of this question to me. Is if you're getting Garrett Cole, by the way, represented by Scott Boris, I believe. He is. Okay. Correct. So That's he's going to go to free agency in two years. Now you're talking two years for a pitcher who last year, I know not necessarily indicative of his talent, 4.26 ERA. ERA is not the best measure. Don't get me wrong. But if you're talking just in that conversation of top 40 pitcher, not top 10, Chris Archer's top 10. Garrett Cole ain't on that list. Well, Chris Archer had an ERA over four as well. Yep. So it's definitely not a. Chris Archer's a better pitcher. Don't get me wrong. Okay. I, I agree. There's a separation between Chris Archer and Garrett Cole. Uh, I think Garrett Cole is better than last season. I don't think he's a perennial top ten pitcher. He throws 97 miles an hour. And in general, let's just take Garrett Cole away from this. Okay. I think we overvalue prospects, and I love prospects. I love team control. I think you have to be efficient if you're a mid to small market. But where the Twins have me curious, they keep stockpiling the cupboards. Yep. So if you can have 15 to 20 prospects that you feel really good about as poker chips and lottery tickets, I'm more comfortable than trading three of them for a major rotation upgrade. And you're not looking at an upgrade over Irvin Santana, per se. You're looking at an upgrade over Phil Hughes coming back off an injury right. or or whoever that number 5 starter is, a Kyle Gibson who's had trouble, he's 30 years old and still can't figure it out for let, a full season. Let me ask you guys this. I'll turn the question on you. Would you rather have Garrett Cole, minus Zach Granite, minus Tyler J, who I think will be in the bullpen this year, and minus Nick Gordon, mm-hmm. who could be a good shortstop in the big leagues, but we don't know, mm-hmm. 
Or would you rather have Alex Cobb minus however much money it costs to sign him? Alex Cobb. Me too. Yeah, That's that, where yeah, this conversation sure. starts. Alex Cobb, to me, is a more desirable pitcher because you don't have to give up what you'd have to give up to get There good. were a lot of rumblings that he was, close, he was close on a Cubs deal yep. a couple days ago. And, hey, it's the winter meetings. Go ahead and get in on that stuff. Go ahead and mm-hmm. jump in on those uh, conversations. Let's keep Wetmore in here for one more segment. Talk more about some of these twins rumors and reports that are uh, surfacing. I, th- I think you brought up a good question about Alex Cobb and would you, some of these, you know, who would you rather trade for? Who says no? Let's keep going on that. It's Mackie and Judd. Hey, this is Derek Wetmore. Quick interrupting this wonderful Touch Em All podcast. Two requests for you, audience. First, if you have Facebook, which the statistics show you do, go to 1500 ESPN Twin Cities and like our page. You'll get all our stories and all that good stuff. Second, if you'd be interested in a Facebook live streaming of the Touch Em All podcast, let us know on Twitter, at Phil Mackey, at Derek Wetmore. We would love to hear from you. Wetmore is in here. We're talking Twins Hot Stove. Uh, let's, so let, let's go through some of these potential uh, odds and ends and things that impact the Twins here. I want to go to the reliever bin. It's going to cost a lot of money to bring in quality, upgraded relief help. The Cubs just signed Brandon Morrow or agreed to a deal with him for about $10 or $11 million a year, two-year contract, $12 million team option. He'll probably close some games for the Cubs. Now, I saw this earlier in the week, too. Brian Shaw, who Derek Falvey, I'm sure, is fond of from his time in Cleveland. Brian Shaw has been one of the most valuable seventh, eighth inning relievers in the American League the last few years. In fact, he's led the major leagues in, in games appeared in in three of the last four years. And there's a report out that he has several offers in the eight, in the uh, three years, $24 million total range. So like $8 million a year on a three-year deal for a Brian Shaw. What do you guys think about that type of a price for a non-elite right. end of the bullpen did guy? did Pat Neshek just get two years and something like eight and a half. Yeah. yeah, Phillies, right? So, yeah, yeah, back in Philly. That's, so, the, that's the cost right that now. That is the going rate for relievers. I think the Twins are going to have three distinct options when it comes to upgrading at closer. Look, I think Trevor Hildenberger is a good reliever. I think you could look at him as an eighth-inning guy and say, yeah, that's from a good bullpen. But I think that if you're the Twins, you want to add more. You want to push him out of the ninth inning, out of the closer's role. You want Trevor Hildenberger to be your like second or third-best reliever on a good team. So they've got three options the way I look at it. One, they can swing for the fences with one of the big-name guys. Brandon Morrow was on that list until the Cubs crossed him off. I'm talking Wade Davis, Greg Holland, guys like that. Addison Reed's maybe on that list. That's their first option to me. But the more appealing option is trading for a good cost-controlled reliever like a Brad Hand from the Padres, for example. Raisel Iglesias from the Reds, one of those kinds of guys. Those, to me, are the two best options. Third, it'd be like a Neshek contract. Go find somebody, you know, Tommy Hunter, Anthony Swarzak, somebody who had, like, a good year last year, and you're going to so, probably pay $7 million a year. Are you saying that if, if it was up, up to you, you, you would sign someone off the off the market as a starter and more, and more likely, in your mind, trade for yes. a reliever? Yep. If it was me right now, uh-huh. I would trade for Brad Hand. Okay. I might, have, I might rather have Brad Hand than, like, a Garrett Cole if the price is... Are relative what would you to what give they up should for a Brad be. Hand. Oh, a good prospect, and then some. You know that that maybe that starts at Nick Gordon too. Okay. Look, I I don't know why well, his that's name a, to give up a potential franchise shortstop for a reliever. Absolutely. That's kind of a non-starter for me. Okay. You well, should be able to find relievers without giving up a, a, 
a potential star middle infielder. Yeah, where are you going to find Brad Hand is my thing. Like, if you're just trading for a somebody, like Alex Colomay's names come up a lot. Mm-hmm. The Rays are probably going to trade him as they look to rebuild. I think he's making like $5.5 next year. Alex Colomay's not exciting to me. He's a, he's a good reliever. They'd be fine. But you're not giving up a middle infielder for that. Six years of team control. To me, I would trade for a Brad Hand. See what the cost is. If the Padres are any kind of a reasonable asking price, I would meet it. And then I would sign a free agent like Alex Cobb. And then I'd still probably go get another reliever like a Tommy Hunter, Anthony Swarzak, somebody from that list, a Joe Smith, That's Brian Shaw. Bin, sort of. The secondary who yeah. you know, had a good year, doesn't quite have the track record oh. that these other guys that are going to be making $15 million a year the kind of track record that they have. Yeah, I mean, I, in a perfect Three world, pitchers. you wouldn't have to, if, if you had done a better job for the last five or ten years building your pitching pipeline, you wouldn't have to be talking about trading key prospects for relievers right. or spending absurd amounts of money on seventh inning guys. But this is where the Twins are. They don't have three or four guys ready to come into their system or up through their system. Unless, they definitely have the Tyler Jays of the world, but he's never pitched above high A. Right, what do so you he's certainly not going to be on the big league squad out of spring training unless there's uh, just a lights-out performance throughout the entire month of March that the Twins can hang their hat on. So, But this is where they are, and if they want to compete with some of these big thumpers in the American yeah. League, I mean, hell, look at the Angels just added Otani. The Yankees just added Giancarlo Stanton. Yeah, they're going to so be okay next year. The teams that you're competing with, and the Mariners just added D. Gordon. They're in the mix for a playoff spot. So you, you're going to have to do something aggressive if you want to keep up in the American yeah. League. I think you got to decide this winter, are you in or are you out? Because I think there are so many good teams in the American League now, mm-hmm. and the haves and the have-nots, in my mind, have already separated themselves. The Twins are one of those rare teams kind of stuck in the middle. Where are you going to be if you're the Twins? You won 85 games last year, but I don't think 85 wins enough to go to the postseason this year with some of the loaded teams that are out here hunting for the wild card. Now. Which is why, to your point, I think you got to go to the Rays and you got to say, okay, we won Archer. Yep. And I'm going to start this conversation with Sano. That's why I think you start the conversation there. Because if you don't want to dance around it, right? If you don't want to say, well, we'll give you this for Garrett Cole. Oh, no, now, now we're out on that. I think you've got to go to the Rays, and I think you've got to separate yourself from the rest of that pack and say, this starts with, with Sano, tell us one more player, and we will definitely discuss so this. They would, if, if, and and there's, they no, for the, there's no indication that that's a discussion being had. This has been born on the Mackie and Judd show, where sometimes we're visionaries. Or perhaps and, not, who knows, when we get tweets saying, oh, I thought of that six months ago. Right. But, um, but I think the Rays would want another piece along with that because yeah. Miguel Sano is not nearly as established as Chris Archer, even though they have you know, four years left of team control each. Would you do it if it were Steven Gonsalves as well? And that's what, that's what you'd have to figure out. And sure. to me, I would say yes, because well, I'm selling high on Miguel Sano right now. And what if the Rays come in and say, sounds good, Miguel Sano and Royce Lewis, you know, all right, I'm not that interested in that. I think that somebody brought up an interesting point on Twitter that if you're the Rays, are you trading Archer for a guy like Sano, despite the fact that they both have four years of team control left, right? Are you going to not extend your window? If you trade Archer, it's with the mind that you're not competitive enough in the next four years to be worth keeping an ace. That's what you've decided. If you're the Rays and you sell the best pitcher on your staff out of town for prospects. Yeah, but they're looking in that division saying, man, the Red Sox and the Yankees, even more so than usual, are so loaded And we could get such a haul for a Chris Archer at this time. 
Here's what you may have missed on a recent Scoop podcast with Doogie. Take us through what a day in the life of Thad Levine is like right now. I mean, are you on the phone from pretty much 7 a.m. until 11 o'clock at night? I, you know, I, th- I think you're, you're available certainly during that time. It's, it's a blend of talking to agents who represent free agents who you have interest in to talking to agents who want you to have interest in their players to talking to clubs about potential trades and then interspersed in that is a constant ongoing dialogue with our inner circle of decision makers here as well as our scouts in the field who aren't present and getting their feedback on each change in machination and then you know a running dialogue with Dave St. Peter and Jim Polat about the opportunities that we believe are here present to to impact the future of the franchise. You can find the Scoop podcast on the 1500ESPN.com podcast page or on iTunes or really wherever you get your podcasts. Call of Duty Modern Warfare is here, and so is Mountain Dew. Roger that. Now you can unlock in-game rewards like only Dew can. Wait, what rewards? A Dew Operator skin. Man, I love Operator skins. Dual double XP, and even Call of Duty points. You're kidding me. Double XP and Call of Duty points? This is incredible. I can't believe it. Soldier, get a hold of yourself. Oh, roger that. Look for specially marked packaging and visit mtndugaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. residents 17 plus. Call of Duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and 320 and 23.